maybe we just have a lot of work to do. And the work is serve, love, give, purify, meditate, realize, practice the yamas, niyamas. You know, they're the most important for me. They're the golden rules. Do that and everything works in your life. Really, they work in your life. So what is the yama niyamas again? I'm going to do it really quickly because I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, we have time. Yeah, is that okay? So yama, yama is there are five. So the first one is ahimsa, non-violence, non-violence. So you need to really look at this word non-violence, not just, oh, I don't hit anyone, I don't hurt anyone, I don't swear at anyone, that's not enough. Non-violence is far greater. Do I have violence in my mind? What are my thoughts? Am I constantly judging people? Or am I thinking you know, lovely thoughts about people? So what is going on in my mind constantly? You know, and this is real nonviolence to yourself as well. Because when you're nonviolent up here, you're nonviolent to the world. You cannot be violent to the world. So, and then if you find that you are violent in certain things, if you have a tendency to lose your temper, or you have a tendency to say harsh words, or you have a tendency to hurt people, then recognize it and fix it. Just fix it. Don't make a fuss and don't try to blame anybody else. This is my problem. I am violent with myself. Just fix it. Don't complain and complain. Fix it. If you have a broken something, fix it. Your washing machine isn't broken. You'll call somebody to help you. Call a plumber. Hell gets get help. But fix it. The second one is truthfulness. Satya. If be truthful to yourself, be truthful to the world. Don't lie about anything. Have an open book. You know why? You never have to remember. Did I say this or did I say that? What did I tell this one? And did I use it for this or did I use it for that? You know, if you're truthful, there's no, you sleep really well at night. There's nothing in your mind because the truth is the truth as the truth. And like Lord Jesus said, Know ye the truth, and the truth will set you free. And the other truthfulness is, is the global truthfulness, you know. We are one, we are energy, we are consciousness. And this is a truth. Science is even saying it now all the time. We're consciousness, we're consciousness, we come from one energy. Some people call it God, some people call it something else, it doesn't really matter. That's another great truth. So once you practice truthfulness in your life, in everything you do, in everything you do, and if you do something wrong, admit to it immediately. Admit to it immediately, because if you don't, it's just ego and it stays in your mind, and it works and it churns things out. So live in truth. Do you see what I'm saying? It frees you from all these little egotistical things in mind. The small things are what eats you up. It's not the big things. I have seen so many people in counseling, what's wrong in their lives? They're not truthful. They don't tell people the truth, you know? And, and it breaks people's heart. I said, why can't you just tell them the truth? Because I don't know how they'll react. So I said, that's really, really selfish. Because if they, you tell them, if, if they find out later, is so much worse for them, so much worse for them. So truthfulness is really important in life, in everything you do, but most of all to yourself. Don't lie to you. Because people tend to, we tend to lie and make a lot of excuses about ourselves. No, it wasn't me, it was you. No, it wasn't this, it was that. 
sit with yourself. This is really truthful. And then the next one is non-stealing. Don't take anything that is not yours. This is really, really important. If somebody else has done a good deed, don't say it's you. I have lots of students in the past. Somebody who's done a good deed, they don't give the um, praise to the person. They'll take the praise themselves. And I find myself in public telling them, no, did you know that person is the one who did it? I don't mean to do it. But I think it's really important if you are talking about truthfulness, we should act that way. Never take praise that is not yours for yourself. Never take ideas that are not yours and say they are yours. This is all to do with stealing also and truthfulness, both. What does that do? A person who does not take from the earth, who does not steal from the earth, the earth wants to give you everything. It will give you everything you need. Everything you need. Not to have greed, but everything you need. Okay, because we're not stealing. What is science? The law of attraction. What is science? As you sow, you reap. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. There's science. So all these commandments are science. If you don't steal from the world, the world will give you what you want. If you don't lie to the world, the world will not lie to you. If you do not cause harm, all hostility sees. This is in the yoga book of Sri Patanjali. Hmm? So, and then the next one is Brahmacharya. Brahmacharya, which means Brahma means God, Charya means student of God. Often translated as celibacy. I don't know how we got there. I really don't know. And I've studied this subject for ages. It actually means moderation. Now, why did they change it to celibacy, right? Because in the olden days, um, and still today, one of the greatest um, problems, or yeah, many of our problems come through um, disloyalty, people having affairs, not because they want to, but they cannot control the lust. Yeah. So no, I have met many people who've done that. And it's not that they don't want to, they just can't. They say, oh, my chakra just went. <laughs> you need to have some control over it, darling. <laughs> you know, you need to have control over this. Which, which are the weaknesses? Sex and food. Okay, because the things that we take in, you need to have some control. So Brahmacharya was just to teach people to learn to control, to learn to say no. Temptation will come again and again and again, especially when things are going wrong in a marriage. Boom, that's when they turn up. And this is where everything goes wrong. And I've seen good marriages torn apart because of uh, lust. You know, so many. And then the lives after that, I have seen destroyed for years, for years. And I just think, was it worth it? Look at the karma it's given these people. Was it worth it? Look at the suffering themselves, the children, the next generation. You know, so moderation is how I look at it. Because I've also counseled people, people who have too much sex also, get exhausted and lose their energy and don't focus on um, spirit and focus on the body all the time. And people who have too little sex as well the same thing. Not enough, not satisfied. So moderation. And I always tell people in relationships, 
natural. Make it natural. It should come from love. It should come from the divine. Sex is a beautiful gift to us, but nowadays it's too commercialized, you know? And you have to come how many times a week or you don't know. It should be natural. You love it. You know, it doesn't matter. Everybody's different. Why do you have to be like the person next door to you? You know, it's a beautiful act. Do it in love. And the more love you give somebody, the more sex you'll have anyway. <laughs> because they want to, because it's communion. It's a natural communion. So when things get wrong sexually, instead of learning to be gentle and kind to fix it, people get angry. And that's the opposite medicine. So Brahmacharya talks about moderation, so you understand it. Too many taboos where sex is concerned, and not enough proper teaching of what it should be like, you know. And Brahmacharya, be a student of God, offer everything beautiful to the divine, everything, you know. I'm energy, wow, and I'm enjoying this great act on earth. Whoa, thank you, I offer it back to you. Because tomorrow I'll be old and it'll be gone. So at this moment, thank you, here now, thank you, not here tomorrow, thank you. Do you see, you just have to offer everything, but appreciate the moment. And then finally, it is um, non-greed, aparigraha, which is what Gandhi used, yusakyagraha, which was his philosophy, truth with non-greed. We all know what greed has done. This is so obvious in our generation. Of all the generations, I think this is one of the worst because we, our greed has destroyed our planet. We were talking about it, you know. Uh, and there's a lovely documentary called Planet of the Humans by Michael. Michael Moore, it's on YouTube, Planet of the Humans. It's all about what we've done to the earth and how people who are supposedly green and helping the earth actually got tempted again by the money. Just look at it. It's, it's again and again and again, greed. Greed, this is so hard for people. Politicians get to power because they really want to look after the people. A year, two years, three years, four years, what happens? What happens to them? Corruption. Corruption. Again, we see it again and again. When they get to power, they're wonderful people. And then corruption. This is why the yogic sciences, the spiritual sciences are so important, the yamas and niyamas, to keep everybody firmly in their position. So if you have to be a politician, if you study the yama and niyamas, you'll be the best politician. This is why I say keep spreading this knowledge because you, you'll be the best teacher, you'll be the best computer expert because you will do everything in the spirit of yama niyama and the world will prosper and the world will prosper. And then we have, that's the yamas, the five, okay? The next one is the five niyamas and I'm really doing them very quickly. <laughs> but I think many of you know it, right? So just a reminder. The first one, purity. Things you have to practice yourself. Blessed are the pure, they shall see God. Pure in mind, keep your body clean, look after your body, your body is your gift. So that's why we have the Hatha Yoga to look after the body. We have temples, the body is our temple for the spirit. So look after your body, look after your mind. What are the thoughts that surround you? So the next one is uh, contentment. Practice being content. Practice. Do you have food on your table? Yes. 
Do you have a bed to sleep on? Do you have a nice shower? Are you lucky? Yes. <laughs> We're so blessed. We have all those things. We have a plate of food. We have a shower. Look at all the families that you're feeding. And I mean, your team is feeding. And Ula's feeding. And we are feeding. Integral uh, yoga and SIS. They have nothing. They have nothing. And they're so grateful for our food. So content, content, contentment. Practice contentment every day. Sri Patanjali says, remember, by the practice of contentment, what happens? Supreme joy is gained. Such an easy practice. Just get up every morning. I'm so blessed. And that's also, contentment takes gratitude. Okay, remind yourself every day. You know, this is not mine, this is not mine, these are not, nothing is mine, everything is a gift. I'm so blessed, I'm so many gifts. How many gifts can one person have in one day? I have it all. Do you see? No, I don't have enough, there's this, I want this, and there is that, and there is that, and da 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 da. You'll make yourself miserable. So Sri Patanjali tells you, practice contentment every day. You can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And then after that is, accepting pain for purification, right? And not giving it back. Normally when we get pain, we want to attack somebody back. Don't attack, don't attack. That just creates the vicious cycle again and again and again. But accept the pain and think. Like you said earlier on, you answered your own question. This is here to teach me. This is making me purer. This is making me understand nothing is per permanent. This is also teaching me not to get attached to anything because nothing belongs to me. You know? Nothing. You don't belong to me. Nobody belongs to me, does it? I don't belong to anybody because one day I'm going to go into the ground all alone. Burnt. Burnt. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's the truth. It is the absolute truth. So we're here for a little while. No possessiveness, no ownership. Nothing is ours. Nothing is ours. It's all going to go. Get ready for the last day. But if we have to come back, at least we're guaranteed a healthy body, a healthy mind to continue our work. If we, this is our insurance. It will come back again. And, you know, I always say, if I have to come back again, just never let me forget you, God. Just never. I don't care what you do, but just ask one thing. Never let me to forget you. You know, and I think that's the boon I must have asked from my previous life because I got it this life. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't forget. Not a second I forget that I, I, I know I'm not Melanie. I just so know it. You know, I'm just so grateful for her as a body because it's not too bad. You know, it can walk, it can talk, you know. So I'm grateful for it. it. It does not belong to me. So, yeah, that's the connection, okay? So practice contentment, practice accepting pain. The pain is happen happening to this, this body because it's done certain things and probably getting the reaction for it, so no big deal. Let that go. Let one karma gone, one bad karma gone, one bad karma gone. Don't react. Don't react to create the vicious circle coming back to you again and again and again. This is how suffering happens. So accepting pain for purification. What happens when you do that? Sri Patanjali tells you occult powers are gained when you do that. What does that mean? I have learned it becomes what we call in Sanskrit amrita, nectar. Nectar goes in your your body, the nectar of love, the nectar of being able to 
I don't know, just to love more and more and more. It's a nectar, the nectar that you feel inside of you, the, the glow in your fingertips when you meditated just now, the feeling of joy in your soul, the laughter of the inner voice. I can't explain it, but it's nectar. That is our gift, the inner nectar. And nobody can give that to us, you know? So, so um, that is the gift that you get when you accept pain for purification and not complain about it. And then the next one is accepting Aswajaya, study of spiritual books. What does this mean? Remind yourself constantly, I am spirit, I am spiritual. Why the study of spiritual books? Because it reminds you. You read something beautiful and it reminds you. I tell all my Raj Yoga students, please memorize these sutras. Let it be part of you. Let it be in every thought, word, and deed. Because if you memorize it, not just read it, then when you're in trouble, it will come back to you. Oh my God, I just broke the law of Ahimsa. I was violent. That's why this happened to me. Nobody's punishing me. I'm not being punished. I'm just getting back what I put in. <laughs> and then that's a really freeing feeling. Not only is it freeing, it gives you magic in your hands. You know, I'm responsible. I can change my karma. That is my gift. My gift is, as the Bhagavad Gita says, just as fire burns fuel into ashes, knowledge can burn your karmas up. Whoa! Knowledge. So this is why we need the spiritual knowledge. Remind yourself. Because if you're just about to shout, mm -mm -mm, I'm not going to do that. What have you done? Yoga Chitta Vritti Narodaha. Which is, refrain from the negative. Hold back and realize that you are divine. And then you hold back. Ah, I did it. You're so proud of yourself. You feel so happy. You didn't hurt anyone. And neither did you hurt yourself. Everybody wins when it's win-win. Okay, so that is why study of spiritual books. Study your own spirit. I'd go a little step further. Study, ask yourself, who am I? You know, ask yourself a little bit about, uh, try to understand your also human personality. What is my human personality? Do I like my human personality? I don't like this about myself. Then let's change it. No big deal. You can change it if you change your way of thinking. It's a science, it's, you know, we are computers, the brain is a computer. Neuroscience shows us that. We can change the thoughts. Epigenetics tells us all about it. Any of you see his name, what's his name? Uh, Bruce Lipton. Yeah, brilliant. You know, I read it many years ago when my daughter had special needs because I wanted to learn about energy. He's absolutely right, you can change your genetics by the way you think. Science is proving all of this now. Yoga said it 3,000 years ago. So look up these things, epigenetics. Look up, see what biology is bringing. Spirit has always said this. You know, it's just coming now in different languages. They're putting words in it. Neuroscience, neuroplasticity is what they're calling it now. And their courses, and all it is, is the sutras. I just have to laugh. So many fancy names given to such an easy process. Meditation, mindfulness, this, that. Put so many tags on it. People ask me what meditation you do. I go, meditation is meditation. You know, is it Zen? Is it this? You try and sit down and meditate and you answer that question. Meditation is meditation. My meditation is better than your meditation. What? <laughs> Commercialism again 
trying to sell something that is so pure and so beautiful and available to the whole world. Nobody is exempt. It doesn't matter if you don't have a penny or you're a millionaire. You, you have that gift. Okay? So finally, we come to the last one. Ishwara Pranidhanam. What does that mean? Surrender to God, consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Let go. Let go. You cannot control anything. You know, I'm going to control my family. Got to control this. Got to control my house. Got to control the money. I have to control it. Control it. It has to be just right. Uh-oh. The more you want to control, the more it fights back. Let go. Trust. Let go. Let God. Let go. It doesn't mean you don't do anything. You do things, but you know the result is not in your hands. It's not in your hands. I came in here today. The result is not in my hands. There are five people. There are 20 people. There are 25 people. That it was advertised, it wasn't. Not in my hands. So why even worry about it? The, and this is the letting go. Those that are meant to be here are here. Wonderful. Do you see? That's the letting go. That's the letting constantly in life. We're taught to let go. We're taught to let go. Everything's working for the best. It's working for the best. And there's nothing to do because this is all a lesson. And then you just get happy. So that is the Yamas and Yamas in a nutshell. <laughs> I did my talk. <laughs>